Mm-hmm. I still believe there are benefits to being busy, but there are detriments. And it, it's just a ba- I think it's a balance sheet. First of all, figure out like, what's the benefit this is giving me, but what's it costing me too? Many of my clients are pathological givers. Mm-hmm. We're saying yes so much. It's just pathological. We're just not stopping to say, why am I saying yeah. yes? Hey, welcome to another episode of the Coffee Break Podcast, where our mission is to share business ideas, practices, and strategies while we enjoy our cup of coffee. Today's guest is Kurt Graves, and we're going to be talking a little bit about some of the things he's learned over the last 10 years of chairing a Vistage group and multiple groups, and the lessons that he's learned from over 10,000 hours of conversation. That's going to be the topic for today. But before we get into that, we do want to invite you to subscribe if you haven't already. Wherever you're watching this, if it's on Facebook or YouTube, there's a subscribe or follow button right below us. Make sure you click that. If you're listening on an audio version, make sure you hit the follow or subscribe button so you can get a brand new episode that we release every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. So we want you to make sure you're tuned in for all of those things because we've got plenty more episodes on the way. And you can check out all of the 200 plus episodes that we have on our website, lockdoc.net slash podcast. Now, grab a cup of coffee and get ready for this conversation. We got so much to say, we got a podcast to make, we're sipping on lattes, and it's time for a coffee break, it's time for a coffee break, oh yeah. Kurt, thanks for being here. Man, my pleasure. I'm excited, so... uh, (laughs) We, I'm pretty confident you were on here another time. We'll have to go back through the archives and see. But probably so. Uh, in the early days, within the first year that we were doing the podcast, yeah. you came into our our old studio, the closet, and we had <laughs> one little GoPro camera sitting up here that we were recording off of. Really? And, yeah. Man, it seemed it seemed immense. Oh well, at the time to it, me. And now, now we've got this whole little <laughs> studio thing set yep. up, and it's uh, it's kind of fun. It is amazing. It's very fun. Yeah. Very fun. But I'm glad you're here. Um, Thank you. Excited to have a conversation with you uh, for today. It's It's been cool. I was trying to think through, and we've talked about this before, but uh, I think we first met, um, uh, it's, well, what, seven, eight years ago now? Uh, it's something like that. Yeah. I could look it up, yeah. but didn't do that before I walked in. So let's say eight. Let's just call it just for the sake of exaggeration and and nobody else will know the difference. (laughs) So uh, but the the cool thing about it is I appreciate, uh, uh, you know, how you've poured into my life and Mm -hmm. how you've been an impact on this business. And so um, it's really cool to kind of have this conversation today and uh, and and put together some thoughts. Thank you. How about that? Likewise, Uh, we're going to be talking. We're going to get into rapid fire in just a second, but we're going to be talking uh, recently. Um, celebrated your 10th year as a Vistage chair. Yes. And you got tons of accolades associated with that. Like you've some, yeah, you've awards and and plenty of mistakes, an equal number of mistakes. (laughs) But um, one of the things I wanted to kind of uh, talk about today was you, you said in your post, you had over 8,000 hours of Mm -hmm. private coaching sessions with CEOs and business owners and uh, over 2,400 hours or something like that of, uh, of, uh, of uh, sessions. Yeah. Group facilitations. Yeah. yeah. So uh, that's a lot of conversations. Yeah. That's a lot of yeah. knowledge packed in your head. Yeah. Uh, so I just wanted to kind of pull out some of the kind of mm. big takeaways, some of the mm. big lessons that you've picked up. Because one of the things that I've seen, and mm. I, I know this was a long introduction, but one of the things that I've seen as being part of Vistage and all, you know, talking with other business owners over the years is we all 
run into the same type yeah. of situations at different times throughout business growth, but there's not a whole lot of new problems that are being invented. No. So there's just a recirculation of them or how it shows up differently in your business, <laughs> yeah. right? Yep, exactly. So my thought on it is, you know, as we're sitting here listening to or you know, people that are listening or business owners, maybe they're managers, whatever, are going to say, oh, yeah, I'm either walking through that or I don't know that I'm getting ready to walk through that. So it's something I can be on the lookout for. Hmm. Um, so I probably have more thoughts on that, but I've extended our, our introduction way too long. No, it's perfect. You ready? And I think you're right. I'm ready. I'm ready. I have. I'm ready. Okay. I'm a little afraid, but let's let's throw something out here. I mean, it's it it is what it is. <laughs> Rapid fire. Okay. Five randomly selected questions just to get under your skin with okay. unknown point values. All right. And then we'll give you a score at the end. Uh, all right. Now you're going to give me the score. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm ready. Yeah. Because it's always fun to do. Do that. I need to know the scoring methodology? <laughs> like I know what it is. Okay. All right. All right. Question number one: What is yep. something that others purchase that you simply can't understand why? Oh, something that people purchase that I simply can't understand why. Parakeets. I, I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> why would anybody ever buy a parakeet? We had parakeet, a parakeet as a kid, and my grandfather, for some odd reason, raised them, had the parakeet coop outside. Mm. Um, and it seems like it's a bird that just throws seed everywhere. Yeah. And you have to vacuum it or sweep it up. It's a, it's, it's a mess. Yeah. And, uh, the peri- they're they're small little birds, right? Yeah, they, yeah, yeah, and they're pretty, yeah. and they can talk to you, but you know, just a few choice things, and it doesn't seem like it. Uh, th- th- it won't cuddle up with you like mm-hmm. perhaps your puppy or your kitty might, and, or, or even you know. So it, it does a parakeet. Uh, it can't be eaten, at least not by a human. Um, so I would say parakeet for sure. I feel like we had a parakeet <laughs> as a kid for a short period of time, and you named it. I don't remember. I do remember that it threw bird seed or stuff Whatever. out of the cage yeah. all the time. I and feel like a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like it flew away when we took it outside for something and then it was just disappeared. <laughs> That's probably how a lot of parakeets <laughs> go. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Parakeet for sure. Got it. Question number two. Yeah. What have you done that you didn't like? Oh, my God. But you would be willing to give it another shot. Oh, um, we had, uh, I mean, I mean, this, this is remarkably easy cause it's pretty painful. Okay. Um, my wife and I, uh, had, uh, thought we were taking like uh, the perk of a business trip that was in, uh, my business trip was to Bologna. That was a repeating trip from years ago. Mm-hmm. And we thought, you know, since we're over there, she should come over with me and we should go to Florence. And it turned out to be the worst uh trip vacation trip of our marriage and it wasn't marriage threatening but it it was very stressful and i feel like it would be lovely to uh redeem that okay yeah no i don't know if we will but yeah definitely that was i don't know if i I answered the question yeah yeah. straight up that that trip was a disaster (laughs) yeah a lot of yeah Luggage got lost. My luggage got lost. The venue, the hotel we were staying in was awful. Uh, there just wasn't much good about yeah. the vacation. Mm. It wasn't. Much. The best thing was when Kathy got on the plane to fly back to the States and my baggage 
was there and I picked it up and got on the train and went to Bologna. That was the highlight of the trip. <laughs> this part of this trip is over. Man. Yeah, that's a bummer. That was a bummer. Yeah. It was a lot of money too, but yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Question number three, what old school skill set do you have? Old school skill set. Uh, wow. Uh, with a K old school. No, no. CH. CH. Okay. Old school. I'm not even sure what that means. Uh, <laughs> They're random questions. Okay. It's random. Idea. Old skill school set. Okay. Uh, skill set. Um, I'm, I'm decent with a yo-yo. Ooh. I got this one. I got a little bit of around the world. I could probably still do. Yeah. Maybe I could do, I could, don't think I could still do the, the rock, the baby. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. But uh, I think I'm, and you remember, there was a thing long before you, cla- there was these things called clackers. Oh. They were these dangerous, they could be used as weapons. Uh, they were never, it was just a string with a ring in the center and two resin balls about, about this big around. Mm-hmm. And you would do this and they would go, they would clack back and forth. Yeah. And, uh, I still have a pair and I, I feel like that's a, that's an old skill. Yeah. And I think I can play a tonette if you know what a tonette is. I don't know either of the two last things that you just yeah. described. Well, I can bring them around next okay. time we're together and yeah. you can, so we'll see how you do. Do a little demo. Yeah. Yeah, tone it was like uh just it's like a pipe and for some, and it was probably made out of plastic and you gave it to like a fourth grader to figure out if they had any musical skills. I was undeterred by the first result, which probably showed I didn't have any skills, but I just kept right on kept going through. moved on to clarinet and that wasn't very good either. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Question number four. Are yeah. you currently where you want to be in life? I'm right here. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we don't all to get, we, I don't think we all together get to choose that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it sounds good. Yeah. You know, our, uh, I'm right where I want to be, but, but, um, there's too much in life that's not in our control. And, um, so I would say, yeah, I'm where I, I'm, I'm where I am and it's good to be here. Yeah. I, I've had these probably way too in-depth conversations with people Mm -hmm. in the past about that. Like there's series of events in your life that Mm -hmm. happen and you go back and man, man, I wish that wouldn't have happened, Uh, but it also, because of that, I'm kind of where I am right now. Boy. (laughs) Yeah. So that, that really resonates. Mm -hmm. Do you want to hear more? Sure. So there's a, there's an artist, a musician, musician, she's Canadian. Her name's Kathleen Edwards. I've been in love with her music. My wife, Kathy, and I've been in love with her music for 20 plus years. Her first album was called Failure. The first two albums she had were really about these characters that were failures or had immense, immense issues. And, uh, I think they were by her own admission, the characters were in some ways reflections of what was going on in her life. And she actually had a period of time where she, it was a quit the music business, went back to Canada, opened a uh, a coffee store, which I believe she called Quitters Coffee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, then you fast forward, and just a few weeks ago, she she's jumped back out, and she was uh, performing here locally in Charlotte at the Evening Muse, and we got to go see her, which was magical because we'd never seen her before. And one of the things that's so true in her story is. She's on the stage, and now the songs she's performed, or a lot of them are about not just that acceptance of that time period in her life, but like the embrace of it and the gratitude for it without needing to make it perfect. Yeah. I mean, on her on her left on the stage is her 
her now ex-husband who was in her band. Mm. And I don't know how you do that, but there was no civil war up there. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's definitely uh, a thing to. And I think and I, I don't and I, I'm not sure you it's but I'd expect that of a 30 year old. Maybe that's not even possible until you're in your 40s or 50s. You've had enough failure. And enough time has passed to see the good that came from it. And yeah. so I think you're right. Like the, the not just the acceptance, but the embrace of what is. Sure. Mm-hmm. I like it. Last yeah. question. Number okay. five. All right. What is an interesting fact that you've recently learned? <laughs> and, and wow, it would have to be a fact and it has to be interesting. And I would have had to just learn it. <laughs> those are all. You know, yeah. Components yeah. These are, those are all the elements. I mean, it's terrible. I'm not. It's an interesting fact, and I just learned it. Well, I'm going to say this, um, and, and, and I'm not trying to make it a segue, but it might be. Um, what I've learned is that, again, um, how important it is um, every day to be as honest as is possible with myself. Hmm. And if I can have some experience of that every day and relearn that, that's a, the best day possible. Very cool. Yeah. I like it. Well, congratulations. You made it through rapid fire. Okay. We'll give you a score. score. Uh, No, we'll give you a score now. Okay. Uh, 893. Because I'm an Enneagram 3, I just wonder how that compares to the other competitors that have been in here before. But you don't have to tell me. You can get back to me on that if you want. We'll do that. Okay. All right. So um, let's kind of get into the conversation for today around kind of your experience over the past 10 years, things that yeah. you've picked up on. Cause you know, one of the, 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 the things about this podcast is it's always focused on business ideas, practices, yes. and strategies. That's, that's really a kind of the heartbeat of what we've been trying to communicate over the last four years is how we can share those things with people, make, maybe bring things to people's attention or make their, their lives a little better or, or their businesses a little better. Um, you know, it's, it's intriguing to me. So I, I'm in uh, one of your Vistage groups. So I get to have a monthly coaching session with you as well as sit in on uh, a, um, a group session every month. And you always make it a point to, um, to, to bring new ideas to the conversation, make people think and challenge kind of what they're thinking, challenge thinking. um, so that it can kind of move forward. Uh, you know, you, it seems like you fight against stagnancy. You really yeah, say, well, that's if, if you're, if you're stuck on this, then why, like, mm-hmm. is it something that you just need to forget or move on, uh, make a decision on it? Like how, how do you move, move on those things? So there's a lot of interesting concepts that I've seen just in the period of time that I've known you. Um, but but I would really be intrigued by some of the really big lessons that you've learned mm. or some takeaways that you've seen through those conversations, through those coaching sessions, through those group sessions that you're like, this is something that other people need to know. And I'll give one small example. And so you can't use this one as one of <laughs> one of these. But in our last session, uh-huh. um, our last group session, you went through an entire kind of breakdown of how to plan a yearly calendar, yeah. uh, how to be focused and intentional about managing your calendar. And for some, that may sound very basic or very simple because mm-hmm. they've already gone through the challenges of mismanaging a calendar. <laughs> but uh, I recall very intently years ago, I had a major snafu with not managing my calendar well. Yeah. And I had a customer that was very frustrated with me because of the fact I missed a meeting that uh, I didn't put on a calendar. The worst feeling. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. So it's important. Like, so there was a very, in, in, <laughs> very, uh, 
defined timeline that changed the trajectory for me of how I managed my time. Hmm. But for those that were in the room, you saw a lot of note taking, a lot of things yeah. like, okay, these are some things that I can apply. And those yeah. are just practical things that everybody can use. Yeah. You brought that to the table because you've seen other people struggle with, I'm assuming you've seen other people struggle with managing their calendars and managing their time in that position. I work with busy people mm-hmm. and uh, then they show up as busy in those, con- in those at the start of those conversations and we're, and um, it's not serving them well. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's just been for all lots of different reasons, lots of benefits to being busy. Mm-hmm. I still believe there are benefits to being busy, but there are detriments and it, it's just a, ba- I think it's a balance sheet. First of all, figure out like, What's the benefit this giving me, but what's it costing me too? And uh, so just coming out from that angle, then there's always room for improvement. The people that you get to hang out with, I know some of your folks here, it's the same thing here at LockDoc. Uh, definitely true with the folks I get to work with every day. It's like they want to get better. Just I have a, I have a member who when I say, what, what do we want to do today? It's like, I want to get a little better today, Kurt. This guy is really good at what he does, mm-hmm. but he's, and it's not fake. He wants to grow. He wants to learn. He wants to grow. And so the time piece for me is something I just constantly see. And can I go, can I go off on time just a minute here? This is your podcast. Okay. I just picked this up off a podcast called This Union Life. Okay. So that's my reference point. And um, the conversation on that particular podcast episode was around, uh, invitations that we receive Mm -hmm. and how the power of an invitation. So one of the examples they would use is someone says to you, Chad, we need a a new, uh, we're looking for some new board members. Not only that, we're looking for someone to be the new chairman of the board and you would be perfect. Mm -hmm. And, and depending on your personality type, that will be just, it just makes you want to, Oh man, it would be perfect. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So we end up saying yes to a lot of things. We think we're saying yes one time, but if you say yes to something like being the chairman on a board, you will be asked to keep saying yes and no to a lot of things going forward that you really don't feel you can say no to. And in two years, you may be saying yes to all kinds of things you could never imagine to. But we said yes at the very beginning, not realizing how much chronos time it would take, you know, sort of chronological time. Mm -hmm. And then your calendar is too full and you're busy. One of the reasons why we maybe say yes to things is because there's another kind of time called Kairos. And Kairos was apparently there was a Greek god and and, uh, there was actually uh, some sort of shrine set up to him outside of Olympia where the Olympics Olympics were held. Mm -hmm. And this was fascinating to me. This God controlled the moment of time. And so you would want to make an offering to him before he went in and threw a javelin or competed in some way because he was the God that controlled the moment where maybe the wind would just come up right as you release Mm -hmm. the javelin and your javelin would go and your throw would be perfect and the foot would be planted just right. And in the moment you would capture a a huge life-changing opportunity. And those moments do happen in our lives and I think that we say yes to many things, hoping for that. Mm. And then when it doesn't happen, we don't have the guts to start saying no to them when it becomes obvious. Mm. And um, sometimes 
this would be one of my things for sure, looking at really busy people. The Kairos moment isn't coming to them because the Kronos moment is so full. Yeah. And and then they wonder why they're not growing exponentially or their business isn't growing exponentially and they're in pain. It's because they're constantly trying to improve incrementally or grow incrementally and they're trapped in today a, a series of days where there's not much change really being made yeah that's a lot of riff well the 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 takeaway for those things for me are that is a practical thing that anybody uh, you know i i was i was trying to summarize this uh to to simplify it it's, it's resource management so you're either you're managing time you may be managing finances mm-hmm. you're managing people mm-hmm. whatever you're, you're managing resources at some level and i would say typically um, when you just struggle with resource management, it's not in just one area. It's going to be everywhere. Yeah. yeah. The way you do the way I do anything is the way I do everything. So yeah. if I'm struggling with time here, I'm struggling with time and relationships at home and everywhere else. Yeah. yeah definitely resources. Yeah. So it's the, it's the base kind of conversation where it's how do you become a better resource manager versus just, you know, managing your time? Because it's it's probably it's, you're you're building debt one way or another um, yes. of, of things. So, but uh, those are practical. Yeah, go ahead. So, and many business owners, because mm-hmm. that's who I mostly work with, and the people who work for them. There's a chair named Alan Hauge, mm-hmm. and I stole this phrase from him. Many of my clients are pathological givers, mm-hmm. and you you see you see them in your fellow members, and probably see this me exhibiting the behavior in you as well, where we're saying yes so much it's just pathological we're just not stopping to say why am i saying yes and so um what's going to happen if i keep saying yes and and so starting for some people starting from no um if you're if you're mars briggs is in the middle of nf you would know this type of person and it's you know you're intuitive and so when you're when someone asks you an opportunity comes it's just full of opportunity, it feels like, because mm-hmm. I can intuit it, and I'm feeling it. But I, I, I wake up too often, I'm like, oh, man, I, I felt the wrong thing. <laughs> what have I done? I, I got to go back to thinking here now. I was having a conversation just a few hours ago with somebody about the same, same thing. Where you, are you, You're starting from a yes or starting from a no. <laughs> Start from no. And, and it's, uh, it, it's always a challenge on, from the person on the opposite perspective. At LockDoc Security. We believe your camera system should provide more than just surveillance. Being able to see exactly what's going on at your place of business from your phone or computer is fantastic. But what if there were more analytics, giving you the ability to improve your business operations? Track how many people visited your location, stopped by your display, and even how often they passed by your store. Be alerted if someone was loitering, vandalizing your business, or even dumping trash. It's time for you to take advantage of this technology. Contact us today for more information about our cloud-based camera systems. LockDoc Security, helping you protect your people and property. So what are some other, outside of that, managing yeah. resources, which I think was just kind of a practical And we should all thing. be shrewd about that. Yeah. What's, what is a, another, uh, another lesson that you've seen maybe consistently that, yeah. that uh, business owners or managers are being challenged with uh, that has come up consistently through those hours of conversation? Maybe a change doesn't take very long. Maybe mm-hmm. change is 
I don't have like I'll just give you an example, and it's inexplicable to me after those eight thousand, ten thousand, eight thousand hours of coaching, ten thousand years of coaching and facilitation. I, I can sit down with one uh, this, the, the business one business owner, and let's say the issue is um, something around their culture, mm-hmm. and um, and they'll we'll we'll t- chat through it, and we'll talk about what their blind spots. We'll talk about what their contributions are, and they'll come up with a plan, and they'll go out, and I'll have a conversation later in the day with another member of Vistage, and they'll will work the same thing, and the and and they'll be like, this is going to take some time. And we come back a month later or they work with their group. And in one month's time, the first member's back and they're saying things like, I thought it was going to be hard, um, but we did this, this, and this, and everything's fine now. Mm-hmm. And like it was like the behaviors they were seeing, which were reflective of their culture or are the culture, it changed like on a dime. Mm-hmm. And for other people, it is glacial. Mm-hmm. And maybe never changes. And I'm often mystified about like what is happening there. What, what's really happening so that some people, it seems like their challenges are intractable or chronic and other people just keep breaking through them. And I don't have a great explanation for what that, I have some ideas, but I, but I, I couldn't say here's three ways to, you know, be like the first person, not the second. But there's definitely differences, mm-hmm. and it's sort of mystifying. Yeah, and so people look stuck, and other people just make really apparently get big cultural changes quickly, especially around culture, because that does feel like it's people. It'll take us time to change our people or whatever. And for but for some people, it's not that hard at all. Hmm. Well, what have you figured out the root of that is? I think, well, I think some things, I think that, uh, the, some of it is just the, the leader is just has a mindset that as somebody said, um, just earlier today, like they just decide they're over it Yeah, and it isn't necessarily anger. It's just like, no, I, I'm, I'm done with this. And, and it's not like I'm the boss on the change. It's like, we, this isn't who we are. Mm-hmm. So it's that you know, that model B do have. So they're going right up to the upper spot, which is like, no, we are these people and this behavior is is not consistent with who we are. Mm. And so we're going to go right back to who we say we are. And if we do that, then that's going to mean we're going to we're going to do some things differently yeah. starting as soon as we have the conversation. And, you know, if you're the person delivering that message and here's how I want, here's here's how we're going to, you know, here's what we're going to sure. do in the future and be you're being really clear and, and not judgmental. You're assess, we're assessing things and we're getting real clear about it. And it doesn't feel personal. Yeah. That is a big part of it too. It's like, I think that organizations and leaders that make things personal get, instead of making it about the business, get much worse results and change takes much longer if it, if it'll even happen. Hmm. So an, exa- an example of that would be, and I think it's still in this, same question you're asking. So why do some things get better and some don't? So if, if there's a problem with a customer, a building, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the information comes back in to you. And if you as the leader say, and, and, and let's say it comes in and it's to one of your supervisors and it's a complaint from a customer. And then, um, 
your supervisor comes to you and tells you what's going on and you say, well, they, the, the, the customer is, you, you go to make it personal about their share of it. Mm-hmm. You'll never be able to change your own piece of it. So instead of just saying, just sounds like it's not working it's before we go to who, which is going to create blame. Let's just go to like, what's really happening. Mm-hmm. Why is it happening? And let's extract the blame out of it gotcha. and just make it about the business. A good example of that would be another example where be like, okay, a lot of people be like, let's say we're, we're managers of a business together. Yeah. So we're co-managing this business and we're thinking that we're going to need somebody for a new role. Mm. You've got somebody in mind and I've got somebody in mind. So when we sit down from the very beginning, we start campaigning a little bit about like, I got, I think Dave would be great. You're like, I think Sally would be great. And so our, from the very beginning, we're sort of trying to get position instead of saying, why, why do we need this position? Uh, what would the position look like? When would they start? Where would they be? I'll say, oh, and now guess what? Here's all the competencies we want. Da, 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 da. Now, who? And so that's getting personality or people in front of, and that's always very emotional and not about the business. And so I think that folks that are able to, in all their, in their business decisions, I'm not saying they shouldn't feel because the feelings are, that's how we make decisions. But if for a moment they can suspend going that, that attachment to people and go to what's really the best solution. Yeah for the customer, for us, whatever, then they can. I've had some conversations here recently, and I I think this is lining up with with my thought on it is we uh, have we're trying to switch our mindset to what it is that we're trying to accomplish or what good looks like versus the how. And so what I just heard you say in that particular situation is the what is is good and then the who is the secondary. I mean, but who's down below for sure. Yeah. But we, we always, it's, it's very easy for us to start on the, the, what we need to do and not really under, or, or the, how we're going to do it without understanding the, what, and, yeah. or in your just situation is the who, and then figure out the, what, um, and, and I feel like it's a backwards mentality, but it's the easiest, like it's the path, the easiest path a lot of times because you can, yeah. You can start that progression a lot faster. Yeah, there. Are, uh, so uh, I know the coaching session is going to go interesting when somebody says, "I've got. I think I've. We're go- we're going to go open up a location here. We're going to make create a new position, and we already know who's going to do it." I'm like, "Oh, okay. Mm. Why am I here? Yeah, I'm here to start shooting holes in that thinking, right? Really, or like, how do we end up on a person, and you don't even have the position defined from the what it's going to do for the business, what it's going to do for your customers. Sure. There's, there's a lack of critical thinking. Yeah. I guess I was like, I, there's all, we all do better when there's more critical thinking. Sure. And, and surprisingly how little there is of it sometimes in decision-making. Mm-hmm. That's my eight, that's one of my 8,000 hours opinions. Like, no, think a little more. Yeah. Um, yeah. Another one would be, um, I learned this from a member and it's been so valuable for me over the last, especially three years. And it's the idea of circumspection, which is, you know, we don't, you don't hear the word circumspection very often, but literally think of it like it means walking around in an inspection. Mm -hmm. So I had an experience, um, 
just recently for me where, um, you know, a group of people, Vistage chairs that are in a national setting, people that I probably, you know, admired for years, extended an, uh, an invitation for me to join them on a monthly virtual call. And of course, the little Kurt inside me was like, oh my gosh, yeah, I can't believe I got invited. And it was on a Friday afternoon, I got there, uh, got this text or got this email and I was, I, I was really excited, but I thought, you got to slow down and um, you need to walk around yourself a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I woke up the next morning and I actually read it again and noticed there were some details in it and that gave me pause. And then I just spent some time, like I said, walking around myself and inspecting myself and saying, why that emotion? What am I pretending not to know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it didn't take but about 10 minutes of that to realize yeah, the the right thing to do is to say thank you, but this is not a good idea for me to do. Yeah, and that got me to know, and um, but I did delay to send a response because I just wanted to let it sit. Mm-hmm. So if you're a person that makes fast decisions, maybe this is will resonate with somebody like that. Sometimes the answer and what's missing is the ability to just walk around ourselves and observe ourselves, uh, and strong emotions, and, and you know what makes you pound the table in anger when it makes you light up and beam with joy that's tapping into something that's in in right at our core mm-hmm. and could would be worth inspecting doesn't mean it's a no if you're yes but doesn't mean it, it'll be helpful and when i sent my response back uh the person just responded with so much grace and said you know love the fact that you're keeping your boundaries something that no one has ever said to me before yeah and um, let us know when you're ready to come back on your hands and knees crawling and asking to get in. Sure. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So I think that that's, I think the best, the people who get the, the most sustained growth are the folks that have the ability to do the work of examining themselves. I'm just going to call it, I like the idea of going and walking around yourself in the circumspection, knowing that there's dangers there and strengths and positive things. And they learn on themselves so they can help other people do it. Yeah. Managing your facility, properties, and projects is hard enough. Trying to find an emailed quote in your overflowing inbox is just one more annoyance, especially if there are multiple versions. We're working hard to make your life easier by providing all the information you need in one place. Now you can request service at a date and time that works for you. And we're making it easier to see quotes and materials needed for specific openings, including photos, so that you can approve everything from the convenience of your phone or computer. Log in to start using it now. Visit customer.lockdoc.net. So managing resources, time and money, change doesn't take that long. Change doesn't take that long. Think a little more. Think a lot more. Walk around yourself. And some circumspection. Yeah. Yeah. What else did I learn in 8,000 years, 8,000 hours of conversations? Um... I think you, you hit it earlier, like, you're not that special. Uh, you know, you're, what, remember the, um, uh, what was, the, what was the poster guys things? The, they used to have like all the funny sayings. Or like, you're too young. <laughs> they used to have these things, oh. Chad, Chad, they used to have these things called posters. Sure. <laughs> I'm familiar with that. <laughs> where, where it was like an eagle or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah. And a lion and, a, you know, it, yeah. whatever. So 
one of theirs was a snowflake and it says you're not that sure you're special just like everyone else yeah yeah and i think you alluded to that like your your problems feel unique to you and you and if you're a leader you likely feel shame about them mm -hmm. but you're you're suffering just like everybody else and there's nothing more amazing than saying the worst thing about yourself in a room and having everybody smile and say me too <laughs> like you too. You're 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 in the right room. Yeah. That is the you you prove that you belong here because you've you're suffering enough. Yeah. I think that that's powerful. I, I, I love that. I remember in our our last group meeting, we were working through an issue uh, <laughs> with someone and and just peppering them with questions. And you were over peppering, but that's okay. <laughs> they say you particularly, but yes. <laughs> and then somebody said it in. Um, hey. The only reason we're asking these questions or or giving you this recommendation is because we've all gone through this exact same thing. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's, that's very true. We're going to shorten the suffering for you because, <laughs> you know, I do think that's the most beautiful thing about what I get to do is, uh, you know, we say you, know, you invite business owners to show up and human beings do. Yeah. Uh, but um yeah, so it's a, and I'm amazed always at the diverse degree of answers. So like, it's not like you have to do what people are recommending because sure. they're just recommending out of their experience and they could be absolutely wrong. So you have to be smart enough to, to, to figure that out. But they're giving you their very best when they're giving you a criticism. Yeah, they're very, they're giving you the very best thing they have. And can I tell a story on myself about yeah. that? The first time I brought an issue to my Vistage group, so Vistage shares. We are not hypocrites. We have our own Vistage group. So my Vistage group is composed of all these chairs from the Carolinas. So 10 years ago, probably about nine and a half years ago, I go to my Vistage group to deliver my first issue. And I'm sure the issue was something like um, I'm having trouble, you know, filling the group. Like I'm stuck at eight members or nine members or something. And um, and as you know, in our tradition, when, when we, the, the person shares what's going on and then we have a, a very uh, intense time of question asking and people ask one time and typically people have their name tag and put their name tag up and that's their chance to go. So when I finish explaining, it's like, it's like all the, all the name tags go up and, uh, and there's one guy that has. His name is Dan Wurtenberg, so I'm just going to call him out. Yeah. He's across the table. Dan worked for Lee Iacocca, so he, he has some yeah. strength behind him. And uh, and he looks across the room at me, and he doesn't even break the sky. He just looks at me, he's like, he's like, you got, you've got a huge problem. Man, you've got a huge problem. I don't know how you're going to solve it. I'm like, all right. I'm waiting for a question. He's like, I, you know, I, you're too serious. I, like, I don't know who's going to want to be your member. I'm like, that wasn't a question. I, I was like, I didn't hear a question. Nobody laughed when I made my joke. And um, wow, you know, I, what happened was I went out in the car afterwards. At the end of the meeting, I thought, I hate them. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go back there. Mm -hmm. it, I mean, it hurt that bad. I mean, I, I really was hurt. And then um, what I saw was he was the guy who would call me mm -hmm. and say, Kurt, are you working on the lighten up thing. Yeah. I'd be like, mm, I don't know. But then I noticed every time we had a meeting every month, Dan would sidle up next to me, give me a big hug and laugh and be like, you know, you need to lighten up. He would just rub my nose in it. And, um, so, you know, what was wonderful about what he did was 
in the moment when I needed somebody to say, tell me the truth, he basically told me the truth and he didn't mince it. He basically told me what he thought, which was nobody's going to join your group. And he was right. It was probably another four or five months before I changed that. Hmm. And humor was the right way to go. He was right. Yeah. But there was no humorous way to deliver that message because it was a very somber message. So I don't know. I think that like that, and and now 10 years later, when I see in my Vistage group, new chairs come in, or I see in my, those new members come in the room, what I see is the intimidation they feel because they're in a group of people that have been together and, and they don't want to disclose. And when they disclose the first time they do, it feels hard and maybe they take it personal. Um, but it's not, it's, it's personal. Like people are trying to help you and they love you too much to let you walk out without knowing yeah. you're part of the equation. Yeah. But I, th- I think it's like kind of that rite of passage yeah, situation because it it's, it is emotionally exhausting to, to, to open up to a group of people regardless. Yeah. And then depending on the response, and it's like, yeah. so, but it, but it, it helps to move things forward and it helps to, you know, once, once, uh, once you process that one time, then it's like, Oh, well, or they the quit. Worst? Yeah. Well, or then a coaching session I'm in, they say, I don't think the group's for me. And I have to say, Maybe you're right. Yeah. Hmm. So we, that's okay. Not everybody wants to be in for growth. Yeah. Growth means you got to suffer. Yeah. That's facts. Mm -hmm. That's a good point to end on. (laughs) Growth means you have to suffer. You got to suffer. Yeah. If you don't suffer, you're not suffering, you're not growing. I like it. Mm -hmm. Thanks for being here today, Kurt. Thank you for having me. Kurt, thanks for the conversation today. It was a blast. Uh, we are ready to go for another episode next week. So make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss it. Every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m., brand new episode. And it's all available for you at lockdoc.net slash podcast. Thank you for joining us today. And we'll see you next time right here on the Coffee Break Podcast. Coffee Break.